Well, hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. In each episode, I explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. During each show, I interview thought leaders. We listen to their leadership stories and discuss ways to become better problem solvers and people developers. You can visit culturebus.cc to access additional tools focused on each episode so you can create forward movement with your team. Okay, let's dive into today's show. I have a special guest, Dave Willis. Dave, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Dave. Well, I'm really glad that you're here and I'd love for you to share with our listeners where you're located and what you're doing these days. Yeah, well, Chris and I, uh, we were we were buddies back in Augusta, Georgia years ago, and yeah. then that life kind of took us to different parts of the country since then. Um, and so right now, my family uh, and I, we live in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex in Texas in a little town called Keller, which is a suburb of Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, and my wife, Ashley, and I are part of a marriage ministry that's based here. It's called Marriage Today. Uh, they've been around for, uh, I guess, close to 30 years now. Yeah. And and we've uh, we've just enjoyed working with them. We were doing marriage ministry on our own for a long time, but um, doing marriage ministry now full time as part of a, a really established team has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And you guys were when we were living in Augusta, Georgia, this was almost nine years, 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago. Um, you guys were doing a lot of marriage ministry at Stevens Creek. Did you guys I mean, how did all this stuff come about? I mean, because you're kind of a well-known guy in the in the marriage circuit of conversations. Yeah, it was unexpected. You know, we didn't years ago set out to do marriage ministry. You know, the thought yeah. of that would have really intimidated me. Um, we just kind of <laughs> one little step at a time opened up, you know, walked through the doors that it seemed like God was opening. And, you know, I was a pastor at Stevens Creek Church for many years, um, at, you know, back when we first met. Yeah. And through that, you know, I was just noticing that so many of the issues people in the church were having, um, if it was, they were all stemming from marriage, like all the prayer requests, um, just the emails I would get. It, it was so many people having some kind of struggle connected to their marriage. And I thought, man, this is a real issue, even inside the church. And more needs to be done about this. And so uh, as, as social media was, was really kind of taken off, um, this was still kind of, you know, in some of the earlier days of, of Facebook, uh, I, I started a Facebook page and just called it Marriage, mm. just as a place where, you know, I, I didn't have like a long-term vision for it. I just, I had no budget and it was something I could do for free. So I started yeah. a Facebook page and, and my wife and I started just putting content on there and it didn't have a lot of strategy behind it at first. It would, it would be like a funny meme about marriage and then it would be a shared video, and then it'd be a Bible verse, and it was just kind of all over the map, but it was all intended to encourage people in their marriage. Yeah. And little by little, you know, kind of a culture started to form around that that Facebook community, and it really started to grow, and Ashley and I started to grow as well. And and through that process, that became kind of the, the launch of, of everything we're doing now, that, you know, the combination of our, our work in pastoral ministry to church along with what we were learning and doing through that that Facebook page in those early years eventually you know led to to the opportunities we're having now wow so you you said you guys started to grow. What do you mean by that? How did you begin to grow together through this? Well, I mean, we were growing in a number of ways we were growing 
just in, in our personal life through those years, just by raising kids and doing life together and, you know, growing in the way that, that every couple grows just through life experience and raising kids. But we were also growing through learning how to do marriage ministry by doing it digitally. Like, you know, people were writing messages all the time from all over the world and being really honest because they could be somewhat anonymous and yeah. reach out to us from wherever they were and tell us exactly what was going on in their marriage and, and, and ask for advice and ask for prayer. And it was showing us like what people were really dealing with, you know, like behind the smiles, behind kind of the, the facades that, that most of us, you know, have when, when we're out in public or posting things online, we were seeing real life of what people were going through. And, and it helped grow us just by showing us reality and, 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 and we would have to kind of grow to learn how to respond. Like we would have to look up answers. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Or what is the research on that topic? And so, you know, God was entrusting us with being a voice to speak into these problems. We realized that we've got to grow to be able to, to adequately, you know, do what we're, what we're called to do right now. And so we weren't equipped for the work when we started doing it, but I feel like God equipped us on the way as yeah. we just continued to do it. Mm. Wow, that's so good. What is the state of affairs when it comes to marriage today? Where are we in this world? What what are what are the challenges that you're seeing? What is our culture saying? Like, what are you? Because you're in this every day, so you're answering questions still, but you are equipped. You're you're you understand what the scriptures have to say more because that's you just said that you had to learn how to do that. So, what are you seeing? What are you learning right now about the state of affairs when it comes to marriage? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of good, um, to start with the good news, you know, marriage still works and marriage is still, you know, God's idea and, and his plan for bringing that sacred covenant of, of family, um, in a solid foundation. Uh, it still works. It's still his best plan for societies, for, indiv- you know, for families and, and people who are doing it God's way are still finding a lot of fulfillment in it, even, even though it's not easy ever. Like there's always going to be um, some struggles and difficulties in any relationship, and marriage is no different. I think that some of the unique challenges we're facing right now related to marriage is that so few people really had a healthy example to look to. Um, you know, a lot of folks who write us, even within the church, people who talk to us will say, you know, I just, I've never been around a really healthy example of marriage. You know, my parents didn't have one. And so now I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I mean, I'm, I'm basing it on what I see in movies or what I read in magazines, but I don't have that example. And so I think that all of us, you know, really need to, to be intentional about trying to find mentor couples, trying to find peers that can help keep us encouraged and accountable, and then trying to mentor couples who are younger than us, mm. because we really, really all need that. And so that's that's one issue. On a bigger picture issue... I think one of the challenges of marriage is that just monogamy itself and marriage itself are kind of under attack in the culture as people are trying to redefine all these things. And, um, you know, polyamory is, is like a, a big trending deal where people, you know, are saying, well, you can be in relationship with multiple people at once or married to multiple people at once, or, you know, you don't even need human companionship because now like the, the sex robot industry is thriving and growing. And within a few years, people are going to be able to just have companionship, you know, that way is, is troubling as that sounds, but that's, that's where apart from God, where, where a lot of things are headed. And so we're trying to point people back to, 
the good news of the truth of his original design and, and keep him from falling for any of the counterfeits out there. Yeah. When you are sharing about that design that God has made, could you give us maybe a two-minute blurb of how you communicate what biblical marriage looks like? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Ashley and I, we kind of our core book and our podcast is it's both called the Naked Marriage. You know, the Naked Marriage book, the Naked Marriage podcast, and we use that language to describe what God's intent of marriage is. And it goes back to to the book of Genesis, where we see the first married couple, Adam and Eve, and the Bible tells us they were naked and unashamed. They They were without clothing, of course, which talks about kind of the physical intimacy of marriage, but nakedness also represents emotional intimacy. It it represents spiritual intimacy, because when you're naked, you've literally got nothing to hide from each other, right? There's there's nothing up my sleeve. I'm not even wearing sleeves. There's no masks. There are no walls. There's nothing between us, and you see me exactly as I am, flaws and all, and yet you accept me, and I do the same for you. And it's a beautiful picture of how God accepts us, and, and we don't have to hide from each other. And we don't have to keep secrets and we don't have to play games. We can be fully known and fully loved at the same time. Mm. And that kind of intimacy is what God desires. And that kind of intimacy is only possible first with God and then within a committed monogamous marriage um, with God in the center of it. Mm. And any other way we try to do relationships or sex or marriage, we're always going to be missing a key component of it. If, if we're not doing it God's way, and people are going to get hurt, or at the very, very least, we're going to be settling for something far less than what he intended. And so we're just trying to, you know, we're not trying to beat people over the head with rules. We're just trying to, we're just trying to point them back to God's design, because it's still and always the best. Yeah, it's amazing to see how God is using you and Ashley. The podcast is something that you guys have had now for how long? How long have you guys been doing this? Well, it's it's relatively new. We we've been doing Facebook forever. It yeah. feels like, and we've been hopping on Facebook and doing live videos, which is kind of our original version of podcasting. But the actual Naked Marriage podcast has only been up for not even two years. We've had a lot of fun with it. Um, we really enjoy doing it. It's, it's helped us. It's helped us again. It's been another area of growth for us. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it it seems to be something that's encouraging people. So we'll, we'll keep doing it. Is there an episode that has had a lot of views, a lot of listens, or maybe one in particular that if someone was going to go Google the podcast, the naked marriage podcast, what do they need to go listen to? Man, that's a great question. It seems like what really connects with people um, depends on what they're going through at the time. So more so than like one episode where I'm like, like, yes, this is, this is the best episode. I think the best episode for each listener really depends on the season that they're in and what, what the unique struggles are in that season. If, if you're in a season where you're trying to overcome pornography, you know, we've got some, some really powerful episodes about overcoming pornography, which is honestly, it's part of my past testimony. And I talk openly about that. Um, If, if sexual intimacy is an issue in your marriage, we have a lot of episodes about sex. If Mm -hmm. communication is something you're struggling with, um, you know, we, we have episodes that are specific to that. And we, we have some great interviews where we talk to people who, you know, who've gone through different things. And, and so, yeah, like I, I feel like for me to pick out a favorite episode would almost be like 
asking me to pick out which one of my kids is my favorite. You know, it's like you love them all. They're all so yeah. different, but you, you love them all. That's good. Is there a particular framework that you and Ashley work through when you're thinking about this idea of the naked marriage? Well, I think that what we're trying to do is just peel back all of the layers that people build up around themselves that prevent them from experiencing that kind of intimacy. And we try to, so we try to think about it, like what, what are the layers of baggage that we have ourselves and that other people have that are preventing them from living, you know, naked and unashamed in their marriage the way God intended. Yeah. And so in each episode or in everything we do, we're trying to peel back one of those layers. And some of those layers come from um, the baggage of how they, how they were raised. And maybe they were raised in a home where, you know, they, they saw some unhealthy examples. Or maybe some of their baggage is from their own past sins. You know, maybe they made some sinful sexual choices before marriage and they're they're bringing that in and, and they're they're dealing with that or maybe some of their baggage is just the stress or anxiety or depression or fear that they're they're dealing with right now in this season of their life and they're not sure how to handle that in a way that that is going to lead to the kind of intimacy and partnership in their marriage that God intended and so with with a lot of sensitivity you know we we try to talk about whatever whatever topic might be at hand on that particular podcast episode and keeping in mind there are people listening to this right now um that that are dealing with very specific baggage that's holding them back from yeah. really connecting and we we need to be sensitive to that but also specific to those folks to let them know by God's design how they can find freedom well, I would, I would definitely say, check it out. It's awesome. I, and you guys have so many good reviews. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of you, man. I just, I love all the things that God allows you to put together. So good stuff with that. And Ashley's amazing. I mean, it's fun to listen it's, to her too. She is amazing. I will agree with that part. Yeah. She's, she is the, she's the star of the show and she's, she's great. So that, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to be kind of riding on her coattails. There you go. Well, each episode, we, we ask our guests to share a leadership tip and something that would be critical for us as leaders to implement in our day-to-day and why. And I was hoping that you could share one, two, you can just talk forever as far as I'm concerned. You're so encouraging. But is there a tip that you'd want to challenge us with? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you a couple real quick. The, the first leader tip is, is, to, is to value rest. And I think a lot of leaders and a lot of entrepreneurs or hard workers in any field struggle with this one. And, and it's been one I've struggled with and continue to struggle with is finding that rhythm of rest. And, and when we just keep hard driving all the time, you know, we, we're missing out. Um, God calls us to Sabbath, you know, he calls us to peace, he calls us to a rhythm that is sustainable and joyful, and if we think we've got to be busy 24-7, really, we're just going to cause health problems and ulcers, and we're going to miss miss out on all that he has for us, and so embrace rest, you know, right now as we're recording this, we're kind of in this, this weird season of quarantine with coronavirus and a lot of uncertainty, and, and there are a lot of real hard things that come with that. And some people are having to work harder than ever, like our first responders. And I'm so thankful for those, those people that are on the front lines, but most of us have been forced to slow down. And I think that's, that's a good thing. That's one of the good things that I think God is going to bring out of this, this, you know, time of difficulty Mm. is we're forced into more of a rhythm of rest and we need it guys. We, you know, we need it. I, you know, I, 
I've needed it at different times. You know, my own health has suffered at different times from trying to do too much. And so, so my first tip is just embrace rest. There's wisdom in it. So when you think about that, like what does rest look like for you? Because you travel a lot. I know you're in the airports frequently. You have four boys. I mean, tell me what rest looks like for Dave Willis. Well, I'm not great at it. So again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to preach to anybody. I'm, I'm talking about you know, myself here too. But what I try to do is, is to create some kind of sacred space at, when I am at home and times where I'm you know, unreachable, because uh, for so long, especially doing so much of our work on social media and online, I would feel plugged in 24-7, and, and I, when I'm at, at rest the most is when I'm unplugged, there's digital detox, you know, I kind of go through my withdrawals, and I'm able to just put stuff away and leave it away, keep my phone off, um, do, you know, doing physical activity, you know, going on a walk with Ashley, which is something we try to do every single night, which I think has been one of the best things for our marriage is to let our older boys watch the younger ones and we go walk a couple miles, you know, around the neighborhood and just talk and reconnect and get some fresh air. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's good for the body and the soul to do little things like that. And I think that for all of us, whatever it is for you that helps you to rest beyond just sleep, you know, you need to get enough sleep obviously, but um, to help, it helps recharge you, you know, rest is that, that thing that you do that when you do it, it's not about being productive. It's it's about recharging you, reconnecting you to God, reconnecting you to loved ones, helping you be at your very best. Whatever those things are for you, do more of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I had a mentor one time tell me, he said, if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. If you work with your mind, rest with your hands. And I always found that to be very helpful for me to, I feel like I work with my mind a lot. And so, I'm resting with my hands. Like I'm just trying to do something with my hands, you know, and whether that's that's brilliant advice. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, um, and I've tried to keep that for me on the weekends, especially, man, I, Saturday, I took three naps and, um, maybe I was just exhausted, but I mean, I just feel like resting is, is critical for me. I mean, I, I like to work out a lot. So, I try to work out five days a week. And so even resting is not working out because and I love to work out, but it's just doing the opposite. I find resting for me sometimes is doing the opposite of what I do all the time. When you talk about creating sacred space, is that kind of what you're thinking? Is that what you're thinking talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, I, I think that that is exactly, I mean, you know, I look at kind of some people I followed from a distance, even kind of mentors who, who died before I was born. There, there was a lot of that in their, in their rhythm. I think of, you know, guys like Winston Churchill, who was under so much stress for so many of his years of, you know, trying to lead a nation through World War II and all that. And, and he would rest with his hands like you were talking about. He, he, um, he, would, he was a, a brick mason, and he would just lay bricks like on his farm, like build, build little structures because to him it was therapeutic. He would, he would paint watercolors of, of nature scenes, yeah. and he painted hundreds of pictures. And it was for, for him – it was a way to, to like let his mind rest and through his hands, like you said, um, do something that would kind of recharge him and, and center him. And yeah, so I think, I think that's good. You know, the, the downside for me is like, I'm not, I'm not good with nearly any activity that involves my hands. So I work yeah. with my mind, but then my hands are so worthless that, that I'm trying to find a way that I can, <laughs> I can do it. But you know, those walks really help 
me, whether I'm, you know, alone or, or with or with Ashley and or taking a nap or reading a book. We've all got to find those things. Yeah. I would also say too, just to piggyback off this, that that rest is so important because it keeps us from being busy. And I think busyness, it eliminates the time for reflection. So if we don't reflect, we don't dream. And if we don't dream, we're not thinking. And so, you know, if we're just, we're just going so hard. We don't really take the time to, we're just kind of in a rat race almost, you know? Um, so I don't know. There's the thought there. I don't know if you want to piggyback oh, off yeah. of that. Um, no, like the, you know, it's one one of the philosophers I learned about back in college that said, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. And that quote just kind of stuck with me, even though most of that class did not. And it it made me think, you know, I think so many people go through life without ever really reflecting yeah. or examining or evaluating, like what what's working, what's not, like what is my calling and purpose in this unique season of life and how can I be at my best for, you know, for my family and how can I honor God through my work and my rest in this season of life. And if we're so busy all the time, just doing the activity, um, we really miss it. You know, we're just yeah. like drone worker bees going through the motions without experiencing the, the, the sacredness of, you know, all that life has. Um, and it's, and it's so much more than just, just the work, even the work can be an act of worship in itself, but it can also be an idol if yeah. uh, if if we put it in the wrong position, so I think th- these are such important things to remember. And again, these are things that I'm reminding myself. Like it's therapeutic for me just to talk about this because I've, at different seasons of life, really struggled to find that rhythm of rest. Like my default mode is to go and just try to get something done so I can feel like, look, I did something, and mm-hmm. there's some accomplishment there. But um, when our identity is, is wrapped up in that and we're not resting and recharging and reflecting, man, we, it catches up with us. It really does. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great tip. I think it's a good tip for us to reflect on and maybe even work on together. And so we're going to put some resources in the show notes that you can access, or if you want to email us uh, at hello at culturebus.cc, we'll send you the leader guide for this tool specifically that Dave and I have kind of worked through. Um, But man, this has been a lot of fun. I'm really grateful for you. I think this is a great tip for us as leaders and I appreciate you sharing. Is there anything else you'd want to share with us before we leave? Man, I'd say if you're listening to this and you know, you're, we're, you're, you're we're still kind of in, in the quarantine situation of coronavirus and all that is just, don't be afraid. Like, don't live in fear uh, wherever you are, even as a leader, as if you're thinking about um, those who are in your family that depend on you or those maybe whose paychecks you sign that depend on you. Just let this be a reminder that, you know what, God is in control, and this is a situation we can't necessarily do a whole lot to change, but we can learn to trust in Him in it. And find maybe this is that season where we start learning to find rest. And if you're listening to this episode and it's months or years later and you're like, what is the coronavirus? What are they even talking about? (laughs) Just know that like in whatever season of life you're in, there are going to be things to worry and panic about, but there are also going to be opportunities to, to strengthen your faith and find rest. And just, just embrace that. God wants us to have peace in every season of life. And that doesn't mean that we pretend the struggles aren't there, 
Uh, it just means that we remember that our God is bigger than whatever struggles we're facing, and so that we can we can sleep well at night knowing that He's in control. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for joining us today, man. Thanks, Chris. Love you, bro. Yeah, I love you too. Well, as we finish today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to encourage you to utilize the sacred spaces tool that Dave Willis and I made specifically for this episode. Uh, This tool is great for helping you learn how to unplug and to detox. Uh, It's great for helping you rest. It's a great resource that you can use in a staff meeting as well as the language you can use in your day-to-day life. So email us at hello at culturebus.cc. I'll send you the leader guide or check out the show notes for more information. And if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I'd love your help in getting the word out. You can do that by subscribing to your favorite podcasting platform. You can give us a review. You can tell others about the show, whatever it is. I'd love for your help. All right, well, I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools Podcast.